You are listening to Anchored in Faith, formerly known as HCD Talks, the official podcast of Humano Corpus Dignitate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Anchored in Faith. I'm here with Carlos Solorzano, um, and we have two very special guests with us today. We have Bill Snyder, who is the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, um, which is a nonprofit Catholic youth and young adult ministry organization. And um, also with Anne DeSantis, a returning guest who was here last time. Um, this time she is actually here as the co um, co-host for the Sewing Hope podcast, which is run by Patchwork Heart Ministries. So if you guys would like to say hello. 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 Good to be back with both you, Carlos, and hi, Bill, someone I talk to quite often. Yes, it's great to be with you guys. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for being with us. I'm so excited to have you guys too. And and I'm really excited for this new book you guys have coming out called Hearts Burning Within Us, Answers to Burning Questions from Catholic College Students. So I would love it if you guys can talk about what, um, Bill, how you started Patchwork Heart Ministry, how you and Anne got together to collaborate, and this wonderful book that you co-authored with um, Magdalene Riggins and Jennifer Southerton. Yeah, um, you know, it really has been an incredible journey. Uh, so just to give you a little snapshot of Patrick Hart Ministry first, uh, it, I, I began this ministry in 2012, uh, and I started it because I was sitting at a youth conference with uh, a few students, and at that youth conference, I was watching the speaker on this main stage and I just kept hearing the Holy Spirit go, I want you to start a ministry. And I was a little bit perplexed. I was like, dude, I, I don't want to start a ministry. Like I'm, I'm just fine. I'm being a humble little youth minister here, taking kids to, you know, Kyle, you know, we live these, these functions and, and teaching them the faith in the, in a little small town in Wisconsin. I'm, I'm good. Like I don't need any, to, to do this. And it wouldn't let me go. That, that, that feeling from the Holy spirit would not stop. So finally in typical Bill Snyder fashion, I uh, went back to the Holy spirit and I finally said to him, you know what? You give me a name. I start the ministry tomorrow. And uh, the Holy spirit didn't bother me for the remainder of the conference, uh, but on the car ride home, I'm praying the last decade of the rosary with the students in the car and the name patchwork heart ministry smacks me across the face like a two by four. And so Patchwork Heart Ministry website was purchased the following day, patchworkheart.org. Uh, and I had no idea what I was going to do with it. But um, over over the years, uh, I had done some podcasting and worked in radio. Uh, and it just had kind of been a side project for many, many years. And in 2018, the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to do this full time. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling you out of a ministerial ministry inside of a church, uh, and I want you to do this full time. And so uh, I began do, entering into ministry more fully, uh, producing more podcasts, working on other projects. I had uh, published a couple of small devotionals, a Stations of the Cross and a Contemplative Las Posadas, uh, Advent and kind of Lenten devotionals for, for people and started doing ministry uh, more earnestly. And then the pandemic hit, and uh, Anne and I had met on my other podcast called uh, Young Catholics Respond. We had met uh, there a mutual friend, uh, Kendra Von Esch, had said, Anne would be a wonderful guest on this program, and uh, we just decided to start doing Sowing Hope after some prodding and also uh, the Holy Spirit clearing, really clearing my calendar uh, to be able to, to, to do it uh, with the pandemic. And so we began Sewing Hope. We've we, we've done 109 episodes. I, I can't believe I, <laughs> I'm saying that, uh, but it's been an amazing journey, uh, the two of us. And somewhere along the line, uh, last year, I had mentioned to Anne and said to her, "I've had this book idea sitting on my shelf since about 2012, doing a question and answer book for young adults." And 
I've really wanted to put it together. I have this intro to the book written. It's been just sitting as a Google document. And, and uh, what do you think about, you know, exploring the options? And she immediately said, I know exactly who to ask. I know exactly how to get this going. And lo and behold, like, you know, a, a Zoom meeting and a half later, we had had this, uh, the, the, this team of people uh, write a book with us. So this is uh, super exciting. And the, the, the process that we began talking about and, and working with these college students has been um, eye-opening and just a beautiful uh, growth in grace. So uh, I, I don't know what else you want to add there, Anne. I, I just kind of had uh, <laughs> poured it out there. Yes, thank you, Bill. You said it so well. And he, he takes us back to the, the beginning of the pandemic. You know, that was about a year ago almost. So I think it was right around the beginning of March when after I was on Bill's show and we had a camaraderie from the very beginning, just the way that we, we uh, got along and how the podcast went and some similar thoughts on how we view the Catholic faith and evangelizing. And I said, you know, it would be wonderful for us to do a podcast together because I don't know if I got a chance to tell you both Carlos and Angelica, but before the pandemic, I was actually hosting my own online TV show in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It was called The Positive Side, and it was on um, a network called RVN TV. So I was on every Friday in the afternoon, and I used to host people. And in fact, Bill was going to be a guest on that show, Bill. I don't know if you remember that one, yeah, too. I, yeah. um, he was going to be a guest. But because of the pandemic, the rules and regulations in Pennsylvania with me traveling from my uh smaller town outside of Philadelphia to New Jersey, there was all kinds of restrictions about traveling and everything like that. So I had to tell the owners of the TV station that I, that I worked at, um, that I was not going to, um, be coming back, you know, because of the, the, the regulations and everything. So then God opened up the door with Bill and we came up, he came up with the name Sewing Hope. I thought it was a wonderful a genius name to call the podcast. And we have had truly amazing, amazing guests. So if any of them are listening right now, I want to thank each and every one of the, the fantastic guests that we've had, including Carlos and Angelica with HCD Talks and the Anchored, po uh, the Anchored Faith Podcast. So thank you so much. Been wonderful. No. It's yeah, been wonderful getting to know you guys. One thing that you both kind of nailed on the head is, you know, Carlos and I had actually talked about a couple of podcasts or was it a podcast? I don't know. We have so many conversations. I can't remember which one goes where, but we were talking about how, um, you know, God seems to take away, but also seems to give at the same time. And what kind of blessings actually, as much as the pot, the pandemic, took a lot away from people. We all, we were also able to find what, um, what kind of blessings were there. Um, so we also got affected by the pandemic uh, the week, the pandemic hit, um, we were slated for three talks that didn't happen and it kind of put us in a mood, but, um, we were able to find other, we kind of discovered other avenues to live out our faith and so, and um, reach out. And so that's how we ended up with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just trying to find new ways to, to do what we wanted to do, which is evangelize the faith and reach out to other people. And so it kind of pushed us. And so that's when um, I think Carlos and Anne, did, who, who reached out to whom? I don't even remember. I I was going into my old musician networking mode, so I'm looking at all these Catholic entities and just touching base with them. And I, I just kind of been doing that for years with one thing or another. So I'm, I was me. I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're um, it was yeah, such a so welcome much. a welcome email that I had gotten from Carlos, and um, and I think actually you came to me possibly through the foundation that I represent. I don't know if it was on a Google search or something about families in crisis because you came to me and, uh, and I said, oh, this is wonderful because, you know, I'm hosting a podcast with Bill Snyder and this would be absolutely perfect to host you guys. And then, of course, you were also a guest on Journeys in Faith. 
on Fiat Ministry Network. So that was also a wonderful thing. And I just want to mention to your listeners, your audience here, that if you haven't watched it or listened to the podcast, you want to learn about HCD Talks and about Carlos and Angelica and their wonderful ministry because we hosted them on the Sewing Hope podcast and also on Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis. So just go ahead and, and Google that, look it up, go to Patchwork Heart Ministry and, and subscribe there on YouTube. And then you can actually listen to the wonderful podcast with Carlos and Angelica. Yep. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, oh, absolutely. I'll, let's go back to this Hearts Burning Within Us book. Can you give us a snippet of what they can find? What kind of questions you answer um, in this book? You know, I think one of the big things, Angelica, is really the process that we went through to do it. Um, this this book is a product of a conversation, really, that took place over several months. So what we did with this book was we asked students to talk about and ask the questions honestly. We said, there's no question that is off the table. You wanna ask a question about drinking alcohol, underage, it's on the table. You wanna ask uh, a question about sexual ethics, it's on the table. You wanna ask a question about evangelization or about the Pope, it's on the table. Whatever question you have about fa your faith life, it's on the table. And so what, what we did was we asked them to state their questions in this Google Doc. And then very quickly it became a living conversation because each week we would come back as authors and as um, you know students who were asking these questions, they, they would come back and we would have part of the question answered and then they would say, well, you know what? No, I think if, what do you, what about this? And what about that? And, and can we answer it this way? You know, what if you added this in there? And we were all doing research. We were all doing, you know, we were all conversing in a uh, interesting way to make it a product of this conversation. We would record the conversations on, on, on Zoom and we would have it so that we could kind of go back and reference during the questions uh, and answers that we're putting together throughout the course of the week. But these students showed up every week with, with us and we just kept meeting. And the other thing we kept doing was praying. So each and every week we would go around the table and we would just very quickly, you know, pray for one another and our intentions. We would name the intentions. We would pray for the intentions. We would ask the Holy Spirit to uplift lift us in our lives and in our needs and in our joys too. We would talk a lot about the praise reports and the things that were going well in our lives and, and Thanksgiving. But uh, the reality is, is that taking this process that we used to, uh, to, to write this book, it really is a rather unique approach, I think. You know, it's not just a bunch of kids writing down on an index card anonymously what questions you have and submitting them to the teacher and the teacher looking at them going, okay, how am I going to answer this? No, it's a, it was a living conversation. And what's incredible is that, you know, the, 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 tr we're a hundred percent, you know, orthodox and true to the Catholic faith, but at the same time, it's also, um, it's also got a ton of compassion and a ton of wisdom, not just from us. It's not just from the authors. The wisdom also comes from the students input input saying, you know what? No, I don't think this way it's going to relate to my generation, you know, this way. I don't think it's going to relate to that audience or this audience in that way. So the wisdom coming from all of us and from the Holy Spirit to put this together was was truly inspiring. We I think there's something in the vicinity of like 42 questions that, that we answered. But, you know, um, it really is a beautiful conversation. It's one that um, I, when I envisioned the book, I never envisioned this. So it's, it's just awesome. That is amazing. And I really want to applaud all of you because I, I've been teaching high school theology for 24 years and I, <laughs> I used to dread the, the morality classes. I mean, I, I'm, most of my studies were in biblical studies. So I thought, just give me my Bible and we'll go over the gospels and all. I loved it. 
And, you know, the, the school would just say, no, you're teaching morality and such, which is fine. I mean, I, I've never been afraid to tackle certain topics. But the reason why I applaud so much of what you, you're doing and have done with this book and the way you went about it was because, unfortunately, I've worked with way too many teachers who either don't want to address some of these things or if they do have those classes, they would literally skip those sections because they just didn't want to deal with it. And, and I see this hunger in these young people. And, you know, in so many case, so many um, instances, I, I was terrified for many of them because some of them, because their questions were kind of blown off in high school. You know, I know of a lot of students who were, you know, turned off, turned, uh, kind of were turned off by to the Catholic faith because of the way they were handled in class. And so, you know, for, for this to happen at their, in their college years, I think is amazing. And um, I just really, you know, I guess what I'd like to say to anyone listening is, yes, you know, I don't care if you're a high school, college teacher, or even, you know, you're a catechist or confirmation teacher, you know, the young people are asking questions because they want answers. They're hungry. And for anyone that that dares to go into that conversation, you know, that's when you really have to pray and you really need to trust in the Holy Spirit because they will guide you and that Jesus promised that, you know, the spirit will will be with you when you have to answer those questions. So what I wanted to get into is what were some of the specific experiences or like some of the big questions or, or topics of conversation that were common for, for these people that were part of this discussion? Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure, Anne, you have some different thoughts, too. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure we can all talk about our favorite questions in, in the book. But I, I, for, for me, I think there were two that really stood out. Um, and they, they were, number one, I think the most worn page in this book is going to be the question on underage drinking. Uh, because that, that question had, had the longest and, you know, it, I don't want to say contentious, but it had the longest and most respectful, respectfully contentious debate that we could possibly have. Um, and it was, it was actually beautiful to see how that answer came, came to be over, over the months that we worked together. It was like three or four months that we worked, worked this out. So, so, so that question I think is going to be the most worn question in the book, because I think college students want a direct answer about that. And we do give a direct answer about it. Uh, one that is in, you know, truth and charity but, um, but, but also with a little bit of compassion as well. Uh, so, so that I think is going to be the most worn question. The other question that I think will be worn is uh, the, the question on um, you know, any question on sexual ethics. But, but I think the, the toughest one to really delve into was the one on uh, homosexuality and, the, and, and what that looks like. So those two questions, I think, were were really, really, really fleshed out over the the month, the months that we worked together. So like we spent a lot of time discussing them and, and discussing the nuances of them. Well, you know, and, and that was beautiful uh, because again, the truth came out, you know, the truth always will, but, but also a way forward to have the discussions with people from a place of love and charity. And, and, I, and I don't know what you think uh, were some of the, you know, top questions that were asked. I'll, I'll leave you to mention your own. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Bill. You did a great job just describing the process. The process was really interesting, I thought. Um, and I'll just back up a little bit and tell you how we got the kids to be involved, too. When I say kids, I should say college students. Yes. That uh, Maggie, now Magdalene Riggins at the time, at the time when she first started, she was the campus ministry at DeSales University, the campus. Um, I, I, I don't know her exact title, but it was within campus ministry. I think it was the director of campus ministry. And now she is working for the Diocese of Allentown, where she's overseeing a lot of the different uh, campus ministries throughout the, you know, um, Lehigh Valley area and beyond. And now she could probably correct me on her exact uh, job description, but 
Of course, with her uh, working at DeSales University previous to her position, she was in touch with a lot of the students there. And she was able to get us three or four students, I think, um, to partake in weekly sessions. So we did like a 45-minute call every week throughout the spring and summer and even a little bit into the fall. And then Jennifer Southerton also, who's involved in campus ministry out in Ohio, um, she was, and I believe it's at Our Lady of uh, Our Lady of Lords, I believe it is, Bill. Maybe you can correct me. Yeah, yeah it's Lords. It's Lords University. That's right. Lords, yeah, Lords University. That's right. And she brought along some students. And then my own daughter, Sean DeSantis, who's a, a senior at Gwen and Mercy University, she also part, partaked in, in the um, process. So it was wonderful. And every week we would come up with the questions. You know, the students would send us the questions. And then we, as the four people who are authoring the book, we would make an attempt to answer those questions. Now, when we first started the whole process, um, and I give Maggie Riggins the credit that she came up with the idea that let's divide it up into sections. So those sections were morality, church teaching, spirituality, and evangelization. And so between the four of us, we each took a different section where we were in charge of like trying to answer those questions. Now, toward the end of the process, we actually, um, we helped out with all of it. So it wasn't just um, one or the other. So I remember that um, Maggie's, Maggie took spirituality, Jen took evangelization, and then Bill and I uh, took, uh, Bill had church teaching and I had morality. And so each of us would take our time in answering all those questions. And then when we would come together, we would kind of um, put it out on the table and discuss it. And as Bill said, sometimes it would get a little animated because people had different opinions about how to answer those questions properly according to church teaching. Because we always have to remember that it has to be answered the correct way. And I know that Bill's going to work on getting the bishop's approval for the book. So that will also be amazing once that's done. And we are just really excited because I believe that by the end of the spring, early summer, this book will be published and ready to purchase. So Bill, I thank you so much for all the work that you've done to get it to where it is. Oh, it's, it's really an honor and it's a beautiful thing. You guys are, this is such an amazing, um, I can't wait to read this actually. Um, Bill, you kind of mentioned something that Carlos and I had been talking about very recently because um, I also, I teach high school confirmation at my parish and we came, I came across an incident where, um, you know, and you, you talked about sexual ethics when it came to homosexuality. One of the other big topics is abortion right now. And um, I guess somebody had addressed abortion in the class, but in a way that um, really angered the youth, um, at least one of the youth. And so they spoke out and, you know, trying to approach it in a very loving manner can be very difficult. Um, so in it, um, I wanted a kind of did any of them kind of express the way if they had ever asked the question before, like, did they ever tell any stories of if they had asked the questions before, what was their, if they had any positive or negative experiences with other people in the way that they were answered that kind of left them questioning? You know, I think that they, they certainly did bring in that experience with them, Angelica. They definitely did. Where, where you could tell, even if they didn't outrightly say it, they were, they were like, yeah, I haven't really, really received a great answer from somebody. Or, you know, what, what do you think about this aspect of, you know, including this aspect in this question? You know, we, we have to consider X, Y, and Z here because this, this X, Y, and Z are running through this generation's head. You know, where, whereas, you know, a little bit older adults, and we're all coming from different perspectives, Right, like to, to receive a satisfactory answer for a college student is much different than when I was a college student. So, you know, whatever that is, 10 years ago, 13 years ago now. Um, so I, I think that for, for them to be able to answer or, or get the answers 
they also came in with their objections because they would we would give an answer then they then they would type in there okay but x y and z need to be answered you know and you're not addressing this so can you address this in addition to that and that and then we would have little spin-off discussions and little spin-off things so yes they did bring their um, their previous experiences into it the other thing i want to mention here as well is that this book uh you know carlos you're talking a little bit about the dis- disillusionment of some of the high schoolers uh you know that they you know, kind of got bad answers and they you know now are no longer you know really faithful catholics or whatever because of that uh, this book is actually written directly for them uh, and and the reason we used the road to emmaus which is the line from scripture right heart word out our hearts burning within us uh that's that's you know the title of the book and the reason why we used that is because of exactly that right these two disciples who are walking along the road to emmaus are defeated right these guys are depressed they're defeated they're disillusioned at the fact that jesus they've just watched jesus die they thought he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And now they're disillusioned, defeated, walking home. And the miracle that occurs is that Jesus appears. And he does the one thing. He answers their questions. Right? And that sets the hearts aflame. So we're hoping, we're hoping that in following this model of the road to Emmaus, this, this living conversation that goes back and forth that students are going to revisit, you know, those, those college, those high school students that have maybe fallen off and, and, and not had that experience, uh, you know, that positive, good experience at church. Maybe we'll revisit this book and come with their questions. And, and, you know, even though they didn't ask them themselves, they're going to find the answers hopefully within the pages, uh, you know, and, so, so I think that that helps too, you know, so that those, those two things, that disillusionment that a lot of, you know, high schoolers, college kids face like, okay, you know, the church is just this way, you know, the church is just this way. Well, there's a reason why the church teaches what they teach. And maybe it hasn't been explained to you with charity and with love. And when, and when Jesus shows up and does that, like, you know, that's the amazing thing. I think, and you would say that too, is like, these are not our answers. Like these are not just Bill Snyder's answers. They're not just Maggie's or Jen's or Ann's answers. These are the Holy Spirit's answers and, and they've worked and we've worked through them, you know, with, with these students, with the questions. And like, that's the beautiful thing about this, that, that, that there's not like, you're not going to pinpoint one person's language in these, in these answers. We're all working on this. We've all worked on this together and we've, and, and we've entrusted it to the Holy Spirit. So we're hoping that Jesus shows up. We're hoping that it, Jesus appears along the way for these kids that are maybe disillusioned. That is beautiful. And I would really like to say I believe he will. And I'm excited to hear about this. But to be honest, it also brings back a lot of memories for me. And in some cases, I was not directly involved. Um, for years, I worked at a high school where um, prior to my wife becoming a principal at another K-8 school, she worked at the uh, it was a K through eight school right by the high school. In fact, we carpooled to work together, and I got to know a lot of the families there—not just the students who went to school there, which for a while included my own kids, but there were her coworkers who also had kids going to school there, and they're wonderful families. And one of the more heartbreaking stories I heard was one of the young men who I had in class as a freshman and sophomore. I guess his senior year, he had a really bad experience. And his mother was actually the eighth grade teacher at the other school and taught my son when he was in eighth grade. She was his uh, literature teacher. And I guess she was talking to my wife one day and and she was really down because he was finishing high school. And, you know, he was obviously raised in a Catholic home and, and, you know, going to Catholic school his whole life. And because of the experience of, of really in his mind, it came down to just him feeling like he wasn't being listened to. And, and that really turned him off. And of course, his mother was quite, you know, she was hurt by that because obviously she had invested so much of her life into trying to raise him Catholic. So what I, and some of, some, I think Bill, you had said something earlier about how 
you know, some some of the young people said something about, you know, the way this question was answered, which I, I think is wonderful because obviously you, you all really put a lot of time into this. But I would like to ask, were, were there any comments made by these young people as far as maybe feeling affirmed because you all listen to them? And you, like even when you talk about these little offshoot conversations, the bottom line was you guys listened to everything they had to say and there was no topic off the table. Were there any just feedback you all got about how that made them feel? Yeah, I, th- I think we did. I mean, uh, we had a combination of both uh, male and female. I think we may have had maybe one or two more girls, if I'm correct, um, than we did boys. Um, there was a group of about seven or eight total, Bill, I believe. Um, and yeah, I think they felt very, very affirmed. I really do. I mean, at least in my estimation from what I could see. You know, we did it all on Zoom. It wasn't in person, of course. It was during the pandemic. Um, and you could see everybody on camera and, and, you know, people did, you know, they made comments in the sidebar there so that we could see in the middle of the conversations, if somebody did want to make a comment or, uh, you know, so I, my, in my estimation, I do think that, that I got the feeling that they did feel that their questions were addressed, you know, um, and I think appropriately as well. So I'm really looking forward to just holding that book in my hand and being able to, share with other people what we've done through God, through the Lord, right? And and this is a great project that's going to help a lot of young people to be able to follow their faith in even greater ways. So I have to say, though, to Bill, God really worked through you to give you the idea. And I think, <laughs> I, yeah, really, that's where God worked is that Bill, Bill came to me and he said, you know, if you get a chance, I think it started out this way, Bill, where Bill said, if you get a chance, you can start to work on my book with me. And I, I looked at it and I thought, you know what? I don't know if I'm the right person to just try to write about this topic, you know? And then I think Bill came up with the idea that maybe we could try to get together like a group. And I, and then I said, as Bill said, Hey, I think I know some people that can help us. So a big thanks and a big shout out to uh, Magdalene Riggins and Jennifer Southerton, uh, you know, because they, they really, honestly, that their feedback and bringing the students along made all the difference. It really did. I know, Bill, you agree with that. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. You know, uh, that's, it's just, it's just wonderful, uh, to, to have some great co-authors and, you know, everybody really put their whole heart into it, um, and answered these questions. And they and they really were invested. I think that that's the word that you're going to read in this in this book that there's a large investment made into wanting to do things not only in truth but also in love. And you know you can't you know do ministry without both of them. You know you, you know you can't you, you know you, you, you can't just have truth in a vacuum, and you can't just have you know, love in a vacuum. You have to have both of them working together. And I think that really is what this book comes down to. And so we're, 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 we're really blessed. I'm really blessed to be partnering with some amazing people. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, the Holy Spirit has really put that inspiration in our hearts to make, to make it come to this. And so uh, the other the other thing is I want to make sure that I give a shout out to uh, all the wonderful people who are working with, you know, working with the book, you know, I mean, this conversation was wonderful and, you know, it's awesome, but, but uh, a big shout out to Matt Bourgeois at, um, at Karis Publishing or Karis Books. Uh, thank you, Matt, for all of your uh, incredibly hard work in, in editing what we have to do and, uh, and, and getting it typeset and the artwork done and, you know, all that jazz. So, I mean, from top to bottom, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience and and just have so much, so much gratitude for everybody involved. What I love about your story with this book is, um, you know, Bill, this from, I believe you guys said that this idea was planted in you what in 2012. So it's been like nine, 10 years in the making and, or almost, and, you know, but until the right people came along and you got the right team, it didn't really get going. And so, 
you know, I think God plants a seed in our hearts way before we even know what it, what's going to come out of it. And that's, this is just another example of one of those. And I'm listening to you, you two talk and I'm like hearing about your teamwork and your partnership. And I'm like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny because, you know, we just, it, it's amazing how, you know, you can have a friendship spark out of different areas and then suddenly realize, no, it's the perfect fit to do this ministry. Your hearts are in the right place. Um, you're on the right page, but everyone has their own charisms and their own gifts to bring to the table. And it sounds like he, he definitely used both of yours and, you know, all the resources that you all have um, individually to bring this together. So um, another thing that I wanted to ask, so what other um, ministry type um, uh, outreaches does Patchwork Heart do besides this wonderful book, which by the way, once it comes out, I'm planning on my next confirmation group of confirmation students. I'm going to put in a mass order for this book. <laughs> and buy it for my oh whole my class. goodness. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so like much. It, that would be wonderful. Because the thing is with my parish kids, it's one thing for the Catholic school kids, but my parish kids are the ones that, you know, I, I call on them to say opening prayer and, you know, they'll get halfway through the Hail Mary and can't say the other half because they're not, it's not, they don't hear it on a daily basis. You know, they're, they are brought up in the secular world and not really within the church. And so a lot of even just basic Catholicism is new to them. And so, um, you know, they're all, mo the majority of them come from public school. The people that can answer the questions are my Catholic school kids um, who went to the parish school, actually. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's trying, sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult to try to not only get deep in the faith, but even just teach them the basics of their faith at the same time. And so I, I would love to give this to them as a resource to kind of help them with um, answering some of their questions. So, um, but with Patchwork Hearts, what other, um, what other outreaches do you do? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, so a large piece of it really is the podcasting. Uh, we, we partner with Fiat Ministry Network in simulcasting a lot of programming. Uh, so like Anne DeSantis' Journeys in Faith uh, that is a simulcast program that is on both the, uh, you know, both uh, Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, the other the other piece of things that we like to do uh, is partnering again with Fiat Ministry Network to do a Discover Your Mission series, which is like a parish mission, uh, personalized parish mission for people to be able to watch at homes in their home on uh, on Patreon through through Patreon. But, uh, you know, we, we were hoping to be able to expand into doing some uh, interesting different college ministries and some, and some in-person stuff as the pandemic winds down. I know that's one of those uh, difficult things for, for right now, uh, but we're hoping to be able to do some, some in-person missions and some in-person ministry stuff, uh, one of them being the, uh, this Media Institute uh, working, we'd like to be able to work with some different college students to create a media institute where over the course of the summer, we would invite maybe 20 or 25 students to a college campus to learn how to evangelize using modern technology, but also have that retreat aspect and go deep into spirituality, bringing uh, speakers uh, and, and authors together, uh, along with all the spiritual components and spiritual direction and uh, confessions and mass every day. We'd love to be able to do that. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, is is in the, the works a little bit past the dream stage, but uh, still not you know quite finished yet. So it probably won't be uh, this summer or uh, you know maybe maybe summer of 2022 we're looking at uh, to put that together but uh, we've we've got you know some some exciting things in the works obviously a lot of it depends on the state of our world and the pandemic uh, but but we're really hoping to be able to offer some in-person ministry opportunities for for young people because I I, 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 I will say this I, I, I do believe that the spiritual maturity, has shifted, and, and and Carlos, you can correct, you know, t tell me if you know anything I'm right or not, but uh, and even Angelica too, 
I, I think the spiritual maturity, you know, from being in ministry, I was a youth minister from uh, about 2008 to 2013 or so uh, full-time, went back into it a few years ago as well, full-time. And um, I'll, I'll tell you that the, the difference between the beginning of those years to now, you're seeing college, you know, college kids are like the new high schoolers almost. They're, they're in, at, at a point where they begin questioning, they begin seeing, they begin branching out. Whereas I think mom and dad have just, you know, taken over the high schoolers so much that they're forcing them to go to these confirmation classes. They're forcing them into these situations where, where there's less of that freedom to, you know, to question and to be, they're just saying, you have to do this. And, you know, now you're finally getting that breath of fresh air in college. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. I can explore this on my own. I can go, I I can go make the mistakes that I need to go make, but it also, it also creates that openness and, and that willingness. And so that's the reason why I want to work with college students, because I truly believe that, you know, if their hearts are open right now, we've got to walk through that opening. We've got to take advantage of that opening. You know, they're out there exploring. They've got questions. They've, they, they need answers. They need solid answers. And, and if we don't walk through that door that's open, then when that window closes, we've missed that opportunity. So uh, that's my passion to really work with that age group. But um, as Anne well knows, uh, this ministry is for everybody and, you know, never going to turn anybody away. We have people who follow us, follow our ministry from uh, younger than high school all the way through, um, you know, you know, senior citizens. So I, I certainly um, would never turn anybody away, but I just think that there's a unique opening in, in college kids' hearts. That yeah, is, thank uh, you. <laughs> I, I, I do absolutely see that. Um, I do teach college students right now. Um, I have seen what the pandemic has done for my college students. Um, Cause I teach nursing students. And so they, you know, the, have you had anybody actually, since we've talked about the pandemic already, have you had any of you, any college students kind of express also the mental health issues that they've been going through with, um, with this pandemic and trying to seek that, you know, especially when the church is closed. Um, I think a lot of people's spirituality kind of dropped because, you know, churches were not available um, in person. And there is such a difference between being there and just watching it on Zoom. Um, has any, have you guys had any experiences with the youth and college students through your ministry um, in that aspect? If I could answer. Uh, now, I think with the book writing that we did, um, it did come up here and there. Uh, I wouldn't say that it was the centerpiece of discussion. I mean, it always, we always started out talking about how we were on lockdown and things like that and how people were doing, but we didn't get too deep into it with the, the book writing process. Um, and as far as our podcasting, you know, Bill made a good point. Um, now he has the podcast called young Catholics respond. So he's hosted a lot of younger people on that show. And also a lot of people who are older, I was even on the show myself, you know, and I am not a young person myself, but um, uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry, I think, Bill, you have so much experience with youth and young adults, but the the, the Sewing Hope podcast, honestly, uh, our tagline is just like the same tagline as Patchwork Heart. It's Sewing Hope into Broken Hearts. And we have hosted an array of all different people, honestly. I mean, from young to old, we've had people of all different religions as well. I mean, a lot of Catholics. We've we've interviewed a lot of Catholic ministries and authors, but we have we've had Jewish people, we have had Christians, we've even had one or two non-religious people once in a while. Um, but to answer your question, um, the ministry itself, as Bill said, it's mostly podcasting. So I don't know, Bill, whether you ever get emails about people who want to talk about issues or that whether they want some type of uh, counseling or anything like that, because most of what they get from us is the content, the Catholic content, which is through the uh, podcasting and the TV shows and things like that, that we offer. But maybe Bill, you can expand on what your experience has been with that. 
Yeah, I mean, I I I agree. You know, and you know, until you're able to get in the in person stuff, it's it's a little difficult. But um, what I what I would say is that uh, there are wonderful ministries that we have spotlighted. Uh, one that comes to mind is uh, you know Brian Cayley's uh, wonderful ministry. Uh, Brian Brian does a mental health ministry uh, called called the Behold Project. And uh, I, I encourage everybody to check out that because he truly, uh, he, he's had his own mental health journey and he's talked about it on our podcast, but um, he, he spends a lot of time ministering and doing authentic ministry. Like it, it may be digital ministry, but it's authentic ministry. And it's, it's meeting people where they are and feeding them spiritually. So he does it a lot through blog, blogging, um, and, and and I know he's uh, recently uh, told me he's going back to back to school for his theology uh, degree as well. So so he really is committed to it. He's committed to uh, the mental health aspect of things, and from a Catholic perspective, and, and and it's ministry. It's not it's not mental health. It's not going to a therapist. This is ministry for people who have uh, suffered any number of mental health uh, issues. So small ones, large ones, it doesn't matter. Uh, I find solace in the ministry because of what he does. So it's, it, you know, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I, I do think it, it has been a topic of discussion. Certainly um, are, are we able to, are we as Patrick Art ministry able to effectively uh, help those people um in our ministerial efforts, uh, I, I would say that what we try and do is steer people to the professionals or to people who have dedicated uh, mental health uh, ministries so that they can get fed properly. You know, I mean, that's that's the most important thing is to it is to meet the need. That, um, and, and, and there's only one, by the way, that does it. I was saying this, I think, earlier on another podcast that I did with Anne was that, you know, our our mission here is to point people to the divine physician, right? I mean, I'm just a physician assistant, really a divine physician assistant, really when it comes down to it. Um, Jesus is the person. Jesus is our God that can handle it. So I, I, uh, I just point people that way. And if there's other divine physician assistants who are a little bit more uh, skilled than I am, then I always uh, defer, defer to their ministries and, and, and will help people get in the right hands because the one the one blessing about having a podcast or having a ministry is that people will talk to you. They want to talk to you. You know, I don't know why, but, you know, so so we have some good connections uh, and we're able to point people in the right direction. So um, that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Bill, thank you. Um, if I could just interject a bit and say that what he said about Brian Cayley and we have had a lot of people that we've hosted on Sewing Hope that have to do with psychological, uh, you know, mental health, it, you know, people who have helped others in that field. So that's been a blessing for us. Now, the other thing I want to mention is Bill is also on our board of directors for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. And you both know about what we do. So we help families in crisis and we do have a lot of hands-on within the foundation and Bill is always so wonderful to mention during a lot of his shows about our foundation. So, Bill, I just want to thank you for doing that, too, oh, that you point them to toward the, the foundation. Mm -hmm. Thank yep. you so much to both of you. Um, so just to kind of recap, you can um, look at check out Patchwork Heart Ministries at patchworkheart.org. Um, and they, the, and they're also on Facebook. You can find their Sewing Hope podcast. That's S-E-W-I-N-G. Um, sewing as in you're sewing together. You're patching together, um, a quilt. You so say you're sewing a quilt. Um, Sewing Hope podcast. Um, and there's also the Journeys in Faith podcast that Anne DeSantis does. All of these links will be in our podcast notes. Um, Carlos, do you have any other Sure. I, again, I, I love, I'm really excited about this book and I'm just thinking of all of these different um, high school theology teachers. I know administrators, um, high school administrators, uh, our REs and all from who work with teenagers. This is a, to me, this is really exciting. And 
the the world of ministry there's so many people using their creativity but also listening to the the echo of the holy spirit while observing the world around them and for for you all to act upon this i i haven't been this excited about a book in a long time and we're we're going to we're going to post this on our website we're going to talk about it and share it with people cuz this is really a valuable resource and I, I thank you all congratulate you all for doing this and i'm really looking forward to reading this book and I, and I know I'll be able to probably use a lot of it in my own classes, my own teaching to really try to to um, really get the young people to understand what the church teaches. And, and I look forward to just seeing how the four of you work with some of these topics, because, you know, you know, I know with a lot of teachers, we, we learn from other teachers and, and teachers will tell you, hey, steal whatever you can for me. You know, I've had a lot of my mentors over the years tell me that. So, you know, I look forward to seeing all the different um, ways that some of these topics are addressed. And just God bless both of you for what you're doing. This is, again, this is very exciting. And I, I'm really looking forward to just the release of this podcast so people can hear this conversation. And again, the, the book is called Hearts Burning Within Us. And as soon as it is released, we will be posting um, the book on our social media pages, as well as our website, so that you can um, get access to the book. So thank you so much to you, Bill and Anne, for your ministry, all the ministries that both of you are involved with. You guys are evangelizing in so many different avenues, um, reaching out to people in so many different age groups and different scenarios. So thank you so much. I'm so blessed that God planted the seed within you. The Holy Spirit has guided you both. And this partnership between you guys is, is amazing as well. So thank you both for joining us. And thank you from me as well. God bless you both, and, and God bless also your audience. Thank you. For additional episodes, videos, blogs, and more, visit us at www.hcdtalks.com or follow us on any of our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at HCDTalks. Thank you so much for listening.